Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Yeah, I must admit, uh, we are absolutely honored that Don Fisher decides to come on our program when we ask him. He's so generous with his time. Um, there was a thought, just a brief thought, Don, that yesterday when we weren't able to get a hold of you, did you start St. Patrick's Day early in the Albany pub scene? Well, I should have, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there was no problem there other than the fact that I turned my ringer off when we were in a press conference yesterday. And uh, actually, it was before that. Uh, I turned it off just so that I wouldn't get a phone call in the middle of the night. And then I forgot to turn it back on. <laughs> and then uh, you have to understand I'm old. Therefore, I forgot to turn it back on, and you guys didn't get me on the air. All good. We we, we appreciate you following hey, through. It, it actually worked out, morning. Don, because it's pretty cool to have you on, on game day itself. Indiana in action tonight, the late game, so it could be a late evening. But um, before we get to the, the game itself, Don, I, I think it illuminates an interesting point that fans would find of interest. And that is with the NCAA tournament, you guys, you know, Indiana traveled into Albany when? Would it have been yesterday or would they have even gotten there on Wednesday evening? What is the travel like for the tournament? Well, the interesting thing is that, yes, on Wednesday morning, I had to be at the the Cook Hall location where we catch the bus to go to the airport in Bloomington at 845 in the morning. Therefore, of course, we're on bus two, which is staff and family and all those kinds of things. So, therefore, we sat there for another 45 minutes uh, just to wait to get on the uh, airport, just to travel out to the airport. And then you still, you know, it's 30, 45 minutes again when you're getting to the airport and you get everybody through TSA and all that kind of stuff. And so we actually got here right around noon uh, okay. on Wednesday. Have you ever done a game from Albany? I have not, and I'm glad I haven't. <laughs> is that because of the, the, the sight lines that you'll have tonight, or is that because of Albany the town? Albany the town. Um, it's. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not trying to be really negative about Albany, New York, other than the fact it is quite old. Uh, you know, Albany's the state capital here, and our bus driver took us on a tour of what would be a couple of factories that were completely dilapidated with the broken windows and all that kind of stuff. So the first uh, thing we saw in Albany, New York, was not necessarily the most beautiful thing I've ever uh, driven through. And honestly, it just kind of, I don't know, it it reminds, I don't know what, I don't want to tell you what it reminds me of, because if I did, I'd get a lot of people mad. At any rate, Albany, New York is okay. It's, It's not a bad town or anything like that. It's just not what I thought it was, if you know what I mean. Crossing it off the bucket list. That's to right. Travel to, okay. Hey, yeah, I, no trips to listen, Albany. Don, I've seen a lot of it. I mean, especially in the Northeast, there are places that you you look at it and you think to yourself, boy, if I could have been here 80 to 100 years ago, this place must have been something. And then the <laughs> commerce all left, and you're like, man, at least there's a tournament game, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Hey, so let's talk about the matchup itself. I, You know, you have – watched different coaches prepare Indiana for different tournaments over the course of the years. Do you kind of find that this time of year, and we'll we'll take Mike Woodson, obviously, since it's the current coach, does Indiana really start preparing for, like, Kent State and coming up with wrinkles 
that are the best for a matchup, or is it more so, look, we've played a season of basketball, this is who we are, and we're going to take our chances that teams won't be able to match up to it? I actually think uh, that Mike does a little bit differently than what I've seen in the past. Uh, And I'm not saying that uh, the other coaches didn't do the same thing. The one thing that I've seen about Mike is that they're going to really – take it one game at a time. They're not going to look ahead. They are going to make sure that you know exactly what the other team's going to do. And it's going to be an interesting scenario for the players because they're going to practice there. It's not going to be, uh, you know, 45 minutes of practice time and then uh, two or three minutes of shooting around and then going back to the hotel. Uh, They work at it and there's no question. They are prepared in the sense of, they don't, know, they don't know what Kent State's going to do. Uh, and there's no doubt in my mind that they uh, have had all of the preparation that they need to get ready for this basketball game in that sense. It's the great Don Fisher. He's with us here live from Albany, not a place that anyone should go to anytime soon, it sounds like. And Don is with <laughs> us as Indiana gets ready, about 13 hours and change away from tip-off tonight. Don, did you have any uh, – I guess memorable or maybe unmemorable interactions with Rob Senderhoff in his brief time in Bloomington. I actually got along with Rob. Uh, I, I rode the bus a few times with him, uh, you know, going to a ballpark or, or coming back from a practice session, that kind of thing. Uh, I like Rob. I think he's a good guy. Uh, <laughs> what they did back in the day, I'm not going to speak to other than the fact that they did a couple of things that weren't necessarily copacetic with the NCAA um, I, I really like him, and I think he's a good coach. He, he's been the head coach of this program after being an assistant for, I, I think, maybe almost seven to ten years, someplace in that neighborhood. He's been the head coach here. This is his 12th season, and they've never had a losing year since he's been the head coach. Um, he's had a lot of 21 seasons. They've been very tough in the MAC. Uh, it's a really good program, and you don't do that unless you've got a good coach and a guy who knows what he's doing. You know, Don, this Indiana team, you know, you've called some games with Kent State over the years in the tournament, obviously getting bounced in the first round by Kent State, coming back the next year, beating them in in an unbelievable regional final where they're still, you know, uh, like Jared Odell just hit another three, right, in that game. Yeah, Um, exactly. And Dane Fife. Yeah, and all those guys, man. It was unbelievable, that barrage. But the, the NCAA tournament to me – is in fact so magical because oftentimes teams that get hot or make a run, it's a guy that over the course of the year maybe wasn't an integral player, and that's the key factor, if you will. If Indiana's going to make a deep run, Trace Jackson Davis is is a phenomenal talent. Jalen Hood, Shafino, as we saw on Mackey, can carry a team with his mid-range game going. But if Indiana's going to make a deep run in the tournament, if you had to pick one player to be kind of their X factor – who is the most critical that needs to be clicking on all cylinders? Well, I, I just don't know because, honestly, uh, we haven't had a, anybody that stepped up on a consistent basis like that all year long. Uh, the guy that's been hot here of late has been Tamar Bates. Uh, he's come off the bench. He's given Indiana some really good performances here in the last, later stages of the season. He had 14 points uh, in the game against Maryland, which was a big boost to this ball club, no question about that. I still think, and, and I know that Trey Galloway and Miller Kopp are two other guys that I think are really good players and, and have a chance to do the kinds of things you're talking about. 
Um, but they just haven't had any consistency. I don't know who to pick in that regard other than maybe Bates, who's had the hot hand here of late. And Malik Renew's another guy that's been really good a lot of the time throughout the last 10 games of the season in the sense of coming off the bench and giving him something. But nobody has seemed to do it consistently well. And that's what's a little concerning at this point in the year when when you're really counting on guys uh, to be factors for your basketball team and to be consistent in that regard. And I can't say that we've had a guy that's been that way at this juncture. He's the Hall of Famer. He's Don Fisher. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline again tonight. It's IU and Kent State approximately, which I'm sure Don loves that, 9.55, the tip from <laughs> Albany. Um, are, are, you a, are, are you a napper? Not to get too personal, but will you, will, will you nap today, Don? Because I'm afraid 9.55 means like 10.20. Uh, you're not the only one that feels that way, and I'm not a napper, so that gets me real irritated. <laughs> Don, Don, you could probably schedule another factory tour from 940 to sure. 10 yeah, huh? if you'd like. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. exactly. Yeah. I, I could probably get the entire town surveyed before we go. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. window shattered in 1974. <laughs> We're going right. to replace it here coming up. Uh, Don, w- would you look specifically at Kent State? I, you know, I've talked about it all, all week long. I think there are some reasons to have some legit concern. I get they're not the tallest. They're not the deepest. They're not the greatest shooting team. But a couple words you hear from people that you know have seen them play, they're confident and they're r- relentless. What have you observed from your background on Kent State? Uh, the one thing that I'm concerned about is their toughness factor. These guys, uh, they go out there and they play hard. Uh, they, they will get after you in every way, shape, and form. Uh, Senderhoff has them playing as hard as anybody in the country. Uh, they are going to be a tough matchup. And they're not as big as Indiana. Uh, their big guy inside, Claron Hornbeek, 6'9", he's 224, a sophomore. He doesn't get that many minutes because they go smaller what they have to, especially in the sense of getting guys that can score the basketball. And they've got a couple coming off the bench who can do that pretty consistently. Chris Payton being one, he's 6'7", and Jalen Sullinger, a 5'10", guard, is tough as well. They're going to be they're going to be a real matchup issue in the sense of going smaller for this Indiana basketball team, and we've seen uh, you know we've seen the problems that Indiana has when somebody comes out and just absolutely says uh, we're going to come after you big time and you're not going to be able to do exactly what you want to do. And I think that's the kind of team that Indiana is going to face here. They're going to take they're going to try and take away Trace uh, with the dig down type of. Uh, double teams and that kind of stuff that a lot of other ball clubs have had success with. They've seen the recipe. If you're going to beat Indiana, what you have to do. Uh, And my concern is that Indiana matches their intensity from the very beginning of the first of the tip off, because that's the one thing we've seen where Indiana has been vulnerable. If they get off to a a really bad start uh, or get behind by 10, 12 points in the first half, it is hard to come back, and at this level, you know, when you're playing another team that's motivated and you give them a little confidence, next thing you know, you're in real trouble. So I'm, I'm hoping Indiana comes out with fire in their eyes and gets the job done here in this first matchup. Don, I was talking with Don Fisher's our guest on the Payless Liggers Hotline. He is in Albany where the Hoosiers are going to be playing tonight against Kent State in the NCAA tournament. JMV and I were talking the other day off the air about, you know, just legacies of players and – Trace Jackson Davis, and we – I don't know that we knew the answer to this either way, nor will any of us probably for a number of years, but John was asking me if I thought that Trace Jackson Davis would need a deep 
run in the tournament to kind of cement his legacy with Indiana fans, or if that would be part of his legacy was that they never made a deep run with him. It seems to me that this that he is, and you know him, I don't, but Trace Jackson Davis, to me, let me give you my observation, is as versatilely skill-setted a player as Indiana's had, maybe not necessarily in his offensive game, but you get what I'm saying there, and also as nice a young guy as they've had to represent the university any way that you'd like over the course of four years as a player. And in that, I, I think it would be great if they make a run, but it's not critical towards his long-term legacy. What say you? No, I don't think it's critical. I, I really don't. I, I think this kid has done everything that he was expected to do throughout his career at Indiana. Uh, you know, he, he had to grow like every kid does when you're coming into college basketball from a high school career that had him as a star as well. Uh, he has grown into that position. He's become a leader, which I think the first couple of years he lacked a little bit of leadership skill, that kind of thing. But he's understood that he had to learn that, and he was probably going to be that guy at some point. And he's become a terrific leader for this basketball team. And the things that he did last year about, uh, you know, after last season, because they had a few problems during the year and talked about at the end of the season and said, this has got to stop and we're going to be a different ball club this year. Those things to me are critical things that you have to have your best guy on the basketball floor be able to do and say, and he did that to me. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis will be an all-time favorite for Indiana basketball because he's not only a guy that, that did the stuff on the court that he's done, but he's also been a guy who did the stuff off the court that you have to have. Um, I don't want to say that he's the Joel Hilmer or the Quint Buckner uh, of the or current era, but he's in that ballpark. Uh, those guys were always, always what we considered to be some of the best leaders Indiana ever had. Uh, as college basketball players, and uh, I think Trace Jackson Davis is another one you can put in that model. And you know, Don, and somebody else pointed this out to me, but I thought it was a really good point. The in the Purdue game, I think it was that you know Trace Jackson Davis and, and Mackey. It, it was taking him a while to get going, and Mike Woodson apparently, I think Woodson's the one that mentioned it that he had drawn up some plays to kind of jumpstart Trace Jackson Davis and Trace Jackson Davis spoke up and said, wait a minute, like Jalen hood Shafino is lights out right now. Like we got to keep feeding that. We got to go there. To me, that is a perfect example of on-court leadership because there are a lot of guys down in that situation would be like, yeah, let get me going here. Right. But to have the maturity and the comfort to be able to know what best was for the team in that moment to me, I don't know that, that all guys that are leading scores on a team would be that guy. I agree with that, uh, and, and I thought that Purdue game at West Lafayette was the perfect example of the kind of leader this guy is because when he wasn't having his best game and he wasn't the key guy, he was he was talking in, talking in huddles. I saw him. I mean, we were sitting right there, right next to the bench, uh, watching what he was doing in that situation, and he was handling it perfectly. I mean, he literally – was clapping for guys, telling coach what he thought he needed to do, what he needed to do to get the other guys involved or stay involved. Uh, it was just really impressive. And uh, and he's, as you said, he's one of the nicest kids you'll ever be a proud of. He's not a kid anymore. He's a young man. Uh, but he was terrific in that mode, and I think it was a great example of exactly the kind of person that Trace Jackson Davis is. He cares about this team winning. 
And that's what you want to have in your best player or your leader. 13 hours and 40 minutes until tip-off. Don Fisher, um, to pass the time, I think you – don't you have a Hudson River boat tour coming up with Larry Rink and Tim Garl? Isn't that why we need to let you go here? I think there's Trust some other, other factories to see. I'm going to go find somebody that can give me an ambient. <laughs> Don, you're only wait a minute. You're only an hour and a half from Cooperstown. Have you ever been to the Baseball Hall of Fame? Because I hear I that's not. unbelievable. Is that all we are? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I just looked it up. Cooperstown, New York to Albany, New York, 76 miles, one hour and Boom. 20 minutes. Call the Uber, Don. Hey, I might do that. I'm, I mean, I'm serious, Don. I've heard it is fantastic. I mean, I've heard it's fabulous. Well, I will check to see if we've got an Uber or a car that I can borrow, and we may do that. I didn't even think about it. He'd rather be in New Albany than Albany, but tonight he will be on the call, of course, again. <laughs> 9.55 is the approximate tip time for the Hoosiers. You can hear it right here on WIBC downstairs on floor four. Don, thank you very much. Have a great call tonight. Appreciate all the combos throughout the year. Sorry I blew you off yesterday, boys. Thank you. <laughs> all good. Yeah.